everybody. This should be a blast. This is going to be the 2022 All-American Dynasty roster review. And we're also going to give some predictions toward the end. So sit back, relax. And uh, this is our first video podcast. So you can watch as well as listen. Here we go. everybody this is the 2022 all-american dynasty roster review it is our video first video podcast ever um there may be some bumps along the way but i, I think this is gonna be fun i think it's gonna be pretty pretty cool as we go through here um so what, what we're gonna do is i'm gonna go over each team i uh, kind of talk about their strengths weaknesses i've got a couple clips i've got a couple little tidbits from from the guys and their and, and what they think of their teams. So um this should be fun. Let's let's click over to the let's go over to the league page and uh and get started. Um this is obviously the league page from from the desktop point of view. You can kind of see uh you know what 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 everybody's looking at and what we're going through. So let's start with uh my team. Uh let's start with the crackers. We're gonna click on Actually, it'd be much easier on here. So yeah, we get, here's my roster. Um, the other rosters, it's going to be a little difficult because it, it doesn't show this this big screen here, but it's fine. So uh, with my team, uh, last year I was 11-3. and three. My strengths, honestly, are uh, Josh Allen. I have, I have a few studs. You know, I, I talked about it in, in the earlier episodes about studs and duds, but I feel like my team kind of qualifies a little bit. I've got Josh Allen, who's probably one or two best quarterbacks in the league. It's, it's fantasy-wise, like his rushing ability kind of puts him just over Patrick Mahomes. He's young. He's in a great offense. You know, everything everything to like. Uh, I, I, I personally love him. Let's actually... I actually got him right there. So, yeah, you know, I love, I love Josh Allen. He's awesome. Uh, Austin Eckler and my running backs, I feel like are really good as long as they stay healthy. And that kind of leads me into one of my weaknesses, which is injury concerns. Can this dude stay healthy for an entire season? It, it, it's been a while since that's been the case, but we'll, you know, we'll see. They're talking about maybe not giving them so many touches. They brought in down to Foreman to kind of take some of that load off. He hasn't had like a big, you know, Achilles tear or ACL tear or anything like that. Like it's all been like weird hamstring issues and stuff like that. Soft tissue stuff. So I'm hoping there hasn't been any structural damage. So as long as he's just got to shake off this injury bug and then go right back to it. I mean, you, he was coming off two years ago, a season where he had like over 300 touches. And if you go back and look throughout history, like running backs that get 300 touches or more, generally don't ever do it again whether it's injury or age or whatever so as far as the rest of my team in terms of strengths again we're back to those studs and duds cooper cup is awesome i love him t higgins is a young 
up and coming receiver on a explosive team. You know, and I've got I feel like I have a solid mix of veterans and young players. You know, Cups older, Eckler's older, you know, but I do have some young guys that are that are coming in and and should help out quite a bit. Now, weaknesses, like I said, we talked about injury concerned concerns, but another big one and honestly you know, if we're not talking about injuries, this this is one that's going to hold me back. I believe, you know, if if my if I have a bad season, if at the end of the season, you know, I get bounced out of the first round of the playoffs, or I don't even make the playoffs, it'll be because of my quarterback too. Mark it down, write it down on a piece of paper. Daniel Jones failed. That experiment failed, and my team could not compete because of that. You know, that's. It's a huge deal. You know, we 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 talk a lot about quarterbacks, especially in the super flex and everything else. And here I am going into the season. This was my idea, my grand, awesome idea. And here I am going into the season with Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, and Davis Mills. Now, Jones, Jones has that ability. Like, he has that big arm. He has mobility. He has some receivers and a running game. You know, the, the pieces are there. He even has Josh Allen's old coach coaching the team, his offensive coordinator coaching the team. So everything's there. But I'm telling you, like, if I fail this year, if my team struggles, it will be because Daniel Jones couldn't do it, and he failed. So um, now going over to the startup draft and rookie draft, I'm going to do this for each team. I'm going to talk about what I feel like the best pick was in the rookie draft and what the best pick was in the startup draft. And in the rookie draft, I loved getting uh, Burks where I did. He was, in my opinion, a top five player. I've seen him go as high as three in some rookie draft, dynasty rookie drafts. You know, that all depends on where, where you see Walker go. And, you know, I think, while Wilson is a really good player, I think some people brought him down because of the Jets and everything. So, I uh, like I said, I've seen him as, as high as three, and I, I don't think I've ever seen him as low as where I got him at nine. You know, I had to trade some pieces to, to get to him, but I felt like that was more than necessary to get a guy who I thought was an amazing value. So, I, I love the fact that I got Traylon Burks, one of my favorite picks of the draft for me. And... uh can't wait to see what he does. Big, big, strong receiver, you know, in that same mold of AJ Brown. Should be fun to watch. In the startup draft, I really, really liked grabbing TJ Hawkinson. Where I was and where my roster was, I was really worried about getting starters. You know, I, I kind of was concerned in that first round. I, I really wanted to take Judy. He went. Uh, I had some deals lined up for people to move up and get acres, but he went. And then I was really sitting there con contemplating J.K. Dobbins. And I thought to myself, like, if I pick him here, I'm I'm literally picking a a player that's going to be a flex or a bench or something like that. So that that was, and I ended up trading out of it and all that stuff, like we saw. But getting T.J. Hawkinson in that second round gave me a starter. Like, it put a starter with top five tight end positional value on my roster late in the or middle of the second round or late in the second round, wherever I got him. 
So that was awesome. I think I had to move around to actually get them because no people had them. I felt like there were some tight end people needed tight ends right there, so I jumped up and got them. So yeah, I I loved sorry, I loved getting getting T.J. Hawkinson. Um, I wanted him when he when he came out as a rookie. I remember sports took him a couple picks ahead of me or maybe the pick it right ahead of me. And then I actually traded back and ended up taking Andy Isabella. So it, it does suck sometimes in the draft when the guy you want and crave doesn't fall to you. And then you end up trading back and doing something really, really stupid. But that was one of those cases. So I'm glad he's, he's a cracker now. Um, he fits in really well. Now, where do I see myself uh, in this season? You know, last season I finished 11 and three. I really, really missed the championship because of a dumb thing that Pat did. And when he played, when he played Carrie, all I can't remember what it was. You'll have to go back and look. But I remember I he didn't play a player. I can't remember what player it was, but I remember telling him that I'm like, dude, why didn't you start that player? And he was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And the player he started crapped the bed, and the player he didn't start like blew up, and he would have beat Carrie. And then had that happened and everything else happened normally, uh, I would have beat Pat and I would have won the championship. So that stupid thing that Pat did cost me $450 or whatever it was. So thanks, Pat. And we got to hear Carrie for an entire year talk about the three-peat, even though the three-peat is really has an asterisk with it, with it because the COVID season was kind of the same deal like he would not have if we actually had a playoff and I, I did all the numbers and did all the things if we actually had a playoff he wouldn't have won the playoff he won the championship because he had the highest total or whatever we did for the COVID season so congratulations you have an asterisk and you can thank Pat for your other your other championship so um let's roll back to the web page and we'll move over to our favorite player team whatever oh sorry where am i going to finish i forgot about that um i have me as a championship contender i don't think a whole lot changed on my team i feel like i got better at certain positions uh you know josh allen's running the show and if if eckler and mccaffrey stay healthy i don't i don't see why i wouldn't contend for a championship again now that's a big if and you know i don't want to hear it halfway through the season when you're like, oh, what's wrong with your team? Why does it suck so bad? Okay, it's probably because one of those guys aren't playing. Or because Daniel Jones sucks. Danny Dimes is not throwing dimes anymore. So here is Mark's team. And for Mark's team, you know, Mark finished 6-8 and eight last year. He kind of petered off towards the end. We, I think we say this every year about Mark and his team is, on paper, it always looks great, and then it somehow loses its way throughout the season he even he even starts off hot the last couple of years and then it just what for whatever reason it just heaters off towards the end of the season so that's kind of been mark's mo lately so it'll be interesting to see what he does now but honestly i i think he has a awesome roster you know one of his strengths is going to be uh herbert so let's let's pull up Let's pull up old Justin Herbert. Yeah, so he's got one of the young top quarterbacks in the league. Like, I love Justin Herbert. It's, you know, he's he's awesome. And he's on a great team. He's got weapons around him. Now, I will say this. It's not 
quite as good as the Burrow situation because Chase and Higgins are much younger than than Allen and Williams. I will say that. That's probably the only place that I can see where, because, you know, Herbert, Herbert can dish it out. He can run. He's in a division where they're going to be throwing the, they're going to, all those offenses are awesome. And so he's going to be in so many shootouts that his numbers could be through the roof. He could be pushing quarterback three by the end of the year. So, and in fact, honestly, Top's entire team, he has a very good young core. And I mean, let, let's just scroll through some of these names here. We've got Herbert's young. Najee Harris is young. Joe Mixon, get this, Joe Mixon is only 25 years old. A.J. Brown's young. Amari Cooper's a little, a little up there. Pat Fryermuth is young. Saquon Barkley's young. J.K. Dobbins is young. You know, his, he has got Mac Jones, uh, his quarterback too. It's, they're all young guys including Herbert. So he has got an amazing young core of players that he can build around. And on top of that, his running backs are just phenomenal. Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins, who we got in the draft, the startup draft. I mean, they're just, you, nobody can touch his running backs. I, I, don't, I, I saw that thing that Chris put out earlier. You know, I, I can't remember exactly where Mark fell on it. But dude, his his running backs were so so good, or are so so good. However, here's going to be his main problem: this guy, this guy right here, Mac Jones. Can he elevate to? I don't remember where he finished last year, but can he elevate elevate himself to a quarterback? 15, 12 to fifteen. If he can finish the year. As a 12 to 15 range quarterback, I think Mark is going to shock a lot of people. That remains to be seen. They added some wide receivers there. They added Devontae Parker. You know, it, it just depends on how they plan on if they're going to let him just throw the ball or if they're going to continue just to pound it down people's throats. I mean, we, we saw that game last year where he threw three passes and won a game in, up in Buffalo in the, in the crazy win. So a lot of that's going to depend on what the Patriots do. You know, in Tom Brady's first year, he wasn't chucking the ball around all the time. You know, they had, gosh, who was that? Fred Taylor? I, I can't remember who they had running the ball. But, I mean, it. the Patriots played really good defense. They didn't turn the ball over, and they ran the, they run the ball really well. You know, until Tom Brady kind of manifested and, and got better. And then they started opening up the offense. Do they do that with Mac Jones? I don't know. I, I think he has the tools. The games I saw him, I don't like him personally. I think he's kind of a tool bag. He uh, during the Panthers game, he he got sacked by uh, Brian Burns and then tried to trip him. So I I think he's kind of a douche, honestly. But I I think a lot of players are. So I I think he has the skills. The the he was one of the most successful quarterbacks of, that came out of the draft class last year. So. I think that's going to be huge, but you know, it is weakness. He could fail. He could be a guy who just hands off the ball and, and doesn't turn it over. You know, we, we don't know, but we'll see. We'll find out. And then obviously top has some older players. Uh, I, I think me and Pat talked about it. I think I made the joke that he has a retirement home. It's not as that quite that bad, but 
you know, you, you look at guys like Julio, which kind of was a joke, you know, from the draft. But Adam Thielen's kind of up there in age. Um, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, you know, all those guys, they aren't young anymore. And you can make the case that they're just buffer guys if somebody gets hurt. And 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 that's kind of going to be, a, but that's going to be a big deal with uh, his wide receivers because he is stacked at running back, but his wide receiver depth is is a little bit lacking. You know, he has AJ Brown, Mari Cooper. What's going to happen there if Jacoby Brissett is throwing the ball? Is is Mari Cooper really going to dominate? Is he going to have a wide receiver wide receiver two season? I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing probably not. And then you're looking at. Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay. I mean, I'm I'm hoping Kenny Galladay has a good year. I really do, because that means Daniel Jones having a good year. So that's that's going to be an issue, I think. Um, if he has some injuries there, I think he had he had a good pick in McCole Hardman. I think he's got potential to 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 bounce back and have a good year. Um. So yeah. So let's. So I think that's going to be the the main the main issue there let's uh let's move over to his top rookie pick and it's uh christian watson got him in the second round i i know mark's a green bay fan i don't know why but everybody has their weird things about what fans they are but uh you know you got to love christian watson huge receiver super super raw went to a small school but he's playing with aaron Rodgers, and there's nobody else there except alan lazard so and Randall Cobb, who's, I'm surprised Mark hasn't picked him up already. And then in the startup draft, I really liked J.K. Dobbins. I know it was the first round, and it's kind of a slam dunk, and you'll see later on when I talk about startup picks, you know, I'm not necessarily going for the obvious ones, but but this was just, it helped Mark's team so much. So he needed wide receiver in the draft. He needed quarterback in the draft. And he went out and took the best player available, which was J.K. Dobbins. And now his running backs are so stout that it's just ridiculous. And that who knows that may ended up that may end up hurting him down the line. I don't know, but I think you're always better off taking players that you feel like can help your team and are your top player on your board as opposed to being like ah, I really need a wide receiver. I don't like anybody here. Screw it. I'll just take this guy. You know he he took the the best player there, and I think me and Jeff joked around the other day about it almost felt like Mark was just taking the top guy on the uh on the ADP list but hey I mean to stand there and look at JK Dobbins at the top of that list knowing that you need wide receivers and still pulling the trigger that takes balls and um you know I like it and I I'm I'm here for it so where do I think Mark finishes I think he is a championship contender I really really do um you know, I, I think he's sure, sure thing playoffs. And I think he's going to push to be one of the, the last, uh, you know, two or three teams left alive, basically. So I think he's going to finish in the top three for sure. If he doesn't, it's going to be because, you know, some, he had just a massive amount of injuries, especially at wide receiver. And he's starting, you know, he's starting Adam Thielen and, and uh, Kenny Galladay at the end of the year. That's that's his path to uh, destruction. Okay, so let's move back to the... Let's go back to the sleeper app here. 
and that's actually the draft, sorry. Uh, so we're gonna go back over to the sleeper app and let's pull up Lake Murray Goonches. Now, I have a couple clips from, from Lake Murray, but from Pat, obviously. Let's talk about what he did. So he keeps Deshaun Watson. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pause for a second while you let that sink in that he kept willingly kept Deshaun Watson over Dak Prescott. Okay. Yeah. I everybody everybody has their own rationale of doing things. I get it. And I think he saw just the massive upside in Deshaun Watson, but it's like I told him, I said, dude, I I think Dak's the safer option, but there's a chance that you could he could change your entire outlook. And I think that's what the Browns did. The Browns kind of put everything on him, and now it could blow up in his face. And so, I mean, I think we should start calling, you know, the late Murray Browns, maybe, because that's exactly what they did. Now, he already had Dak on his team, and then he turned around and took Dak with the number one overall pick, which I, I'm telling you, I think that was the right call. But had he not, had he just kept Dak to begin with, he could have grabbed Diggs and really added another piece to the puzzle, you know, or or made some trades and and did some stuff like that. Um, but Pat's strengths, you know, are going to be where his wide receivers. You know, uh, he's got Deontay Johnson. He's got Justin, Justin Justin Jefferson was such a huge huge get. That's the type of player that like. You take them in the in the rookie draft, and we always talk about how how important those rookie draft picks are. You take a guy like Justin Jefferson, and he immediately changes your team just overnight. Like you you grab a guy that's now a a top five wide receiver in the league, kind of like Jamar Chase, that type of thing, and it's huge. Even if you decide you're like I don't even like this dude, I'm gonna trade him. You imagine what you could trade for Justin Jefferson right now. It's ridiculous. And so, you know, doing that, grabbing that dude is just awesome. But, and actually, I do have a clip of Pat talking about his wide receivers. So we're going to hear yeah, him do, right I now. I do have a lot of wide receiver depth. Jefferson, obviously, is definitely at the top of it. But, I mean, you got Johnson and Pittman. I mean, I think I did a trade with John. I don't know if it was going to be good or bad, but I ended up getting Mooney. And then, like you said, I got a bunch of yeah, well, Gallup banged up. You know, obviously he's the number one in Dallas if he comes back healthy. And Shark and some of the other guys are good depth, but some of them are unproven. I mean, Pittman's only been in the league for a couple of years, and just don't know how it's going to all play out. Yeah. So, I, I, I. I agree. I, I love his wide receivers. I think he's super, super deep there. Now let's go over to the weaknesses. I think his, I think Watson's going to be a problem. I really do. If Watson doesn't play, you know, I think Dak is going to be fine. I mean, Dak will be Dak, you know, top, top, top 10 quarterback for sure. But after Watson, he's got Trey Lance, Geno Smith, Gardner Minshew. I mean, it's just horrible. Trey Lance could be great. Honestly, like he could be the next big thing at quarterback. He's got he's got mobility, so he's got that kind of floor. But is Trey Lance his first season as a starter going to be a top fifteen quarterback? I don't know. 
if he is, I think Pat's going to have a really good season. If he's not, I think Pat can struggle very much. He also doesn't really have his running backs have a lot of question marks. Let's just say that. So Javante Williams is great. I thought he played really well last year. I was so bummed when Melvin Gordon came back. I think that hurt his value so much, but he's a great player. How much is Melvin Gordon going to eat into his carries? I have no idea. Elijah Mitchell, again, great player, so talented. But the 49ers are just, they're, they're a lot like the Patriots with, when it comes to running backs. They just plug guys in, whoever they like that year, and, and run with it. So, I mean, how much play is he going to get? Tony Pollard, huge, huge upside. I mean, you can, there's a lot of people that think he is better than Ezekiel Elliott at this point. Just a super explosive young receiver or young running back, great receiver out of the backfield. But how viable is he going to be as long? I mean, as long as Ezekiel Elliott is healthy. So I think running back is going to be kind of a drag for him throughout the year. Uh, let's go over to the rookie rookie draft. Now he traded some picks. So his first draft pick was actually in the third round, where he took David Bell. Or guess what? The Browns for Deshaun Watson to, uh, you know, to throw to, I guess. So <laughs> that I, I like David Brown, David Bell. Sorry, David. I think I said the Browns, but David, Bell, I like him as a prospect. I think in terms of his uh, chance to play, his chance to get targets, all that stuff. I, I think it's great. Problem is that team could just be a mess if, if Watson's not playing and, you know, like I said before, they're, they're backup quarterbacks playing throughout the year. In the startup draft, again, I talked about this guy earlier, Tony Pollard. I just think, like I said, I, I don't want to hit some of the obvious ones because obviously Dak Prescott would be the best best pick. But I think uh, Pollard is a just a sneaky good pick. You know, if Elliott gets hurt or honestly, they may deploy him more. They don't really. Gallup's hurt, who is another one of Pat's receivers. He's not going to play for a few weeks into the season. So who knows? Pollard make it, you know, they may use Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard at the same time. It, it'll be interesting to, to kind of see how that plays out. Now, um, I have Pat, the Goonches, the late Murray Browns, whatever you want to call them. I. I have them officially labeled playoff push. And you're going to hear a couple more teams like that. But uh, he didn't like that very much. I, I told him, I said, I think he's, I think he has a chance to be outside looking in. It's going to be, it's going to be a struggle to make the playoffs. And uh, let's hear what he says about that. That's, that's pretty bad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think my team was, was that bad, but I mean, I guess you got to go with your stats, I guess. I don't know. You don't agree with that. You think, think you're a little, you're going to be, Easily in the playoffs. Oh man, undefeated. No, I'm just kidding. My team sucks. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much Pat's take every year. If you ask him any year in the history of our league, hey, how's your team doing? He's his first response is they suck. So that's that's Pat's team. Now we're gonna move on to let's run back over here to the league page. And let's go down to this kid right here. Uh, the replacements, Charlie Bortz. He finished six and eight last year. He was 
he was on the rise. You know, the, the replacements have always been kind of a laughing stock of this league. I think I really think we should push to get him to change his name, something lawn related for everything that happened during the draft. But he, he was on the he was on the rise, and then that lawn mowing business came in and just like took it down. I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his uh, I, I don't know what his plan is. I don't know if he has a plan. I don't know if he's checked out. I know he's not going to listen to this, so it's fine. I can say whatever I want. But uh, his team, I'm telling you, man, it's it's pretty scary. Uh, let's let's swing back over and uh, look at his strengths, which I honestly think his strength is going to be this dude right here, Jonathan Taylor. There you go. I mean, that's that's kind of all I gotta say about his his strengths. Jonathan Taylor is his strength. Hopefully, he can score four or five hundred points this year and uh, keep keep the, the replacements in the, in the game. But that's about where it ends. You know, QBs, he's got this guy starting at QB. That's his number one QB. Not number two, not coming off the bench. That is his number one quarterback. Boy, his number two quarterback is Matt Ryan, who honestly, like, could have a really good year. I think... You know, just ask, just ask Jeff about that. How good of a year Matt Ryan could have? Again, Jeff's not going to listen to this, so I'm in the clear. But yeah, Matt Ryan and Tyler Heineke. That's his, that's his quarterback room. Look at that guy's face. That is going to lead your franchise. Um, tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry. He was a block. They used him as a blocking tight end. I think I, I, I would... I would almost guarantee he doesn't break the top 10 and he's going to flirt with tight end 15 range. So no tight ends. Um, his other one, let me scroll down here. Where is his other tight end? Mo Alley Cox. There you go. The great Mo Alley Cox, by the way. Um, you know, in depth, there's just no depth there at all. Kenneth Walker was a good gra grab at, out of the draft. Um, I personally like this dude a little bit better, Drake London. I think that that could help him out. And, you know, he had two first-round picks. He kind of traded some pieces away that maybe he shouldn't have, but he had two first-round picks, and he turned them into two really good players. You know, um, Kenneth Walker, maybe not this year, but definitely I think uh, Penny and Carson are both on one-year deals remaining or one year left on their deals. So it's going to be Ken Walker's show next year and hopefully they bring in a quarterback and Seattle will go back to being really good. Um, but he's going to take his lumps this year. You know, Drake London's kind of in the same boat, amazing, phenomenal receiver, uh, broke out super young. I think he was pushing Michael Pittman when they were at USC and Pittman was a senior and he was a freshman or something like that. You know, I, I, I like Drake, Drake London. He's a perfect Charles Bortz receiver, big, fast, good looking dude. But the situation in Atlanta is really bad. They're going to be a really bad team. So it's, it's hard to see him making a huge impact. And uh, this might be my favorite one on his team. James Robinson is, uh, is starting on his lineup right now. So. <laughs> and oh, yeah, and here's his number one, the pick I like the most in the startup draft. And that tells you how well his draft went. 
that I like Nico Collins the best. Yeah, it was just bad, guys. Like, I, I don't know what to say. I'm uh I'm at a loss for words. It was just really, really bad. So um where do I see the reps finishing? Where do I see the uh the lawnmower maniacs finishing? We gotta come up with something, boys. I know we can do it. It's it's gonna be the toilet bowl. I'm sorry. He is destined for that top pick playoff. And I, I'm telling you right now, he will be the number one, number two pick next year because he's not winning it. It's going to be a bad, it's going to be a, I mean, you can come back to this and this is going to be out there in the world. So you can come back to this. And when he finishes 500 or whatever, he, I'm sure he'll, someone will be like, dude, you, you're, you're stupid. But on paper right now, I just don't see it. I don't see how he's going to have any sort of a winning record. I don't see how he'll be able to beat any of the four teams that are going to make the, you know, the toilet bowl play or the top pick playoffs. Like, I just don't see it happening. So there you go. Fantastic job running your team there, buddy. All right. So let's go to the next one. It is going to be kind of one of the surprise off seasons and somebody that I feel like improved their team tremendously. And that is Purple Rain. Who finished? He he finished in the Bort spot, the coveted Bort spot last year at three and eleven. I am here to tell you right now, this team will not, will not finish three eleven this year. Will not happen. So let's look at his strengths here. Uh, I mean the biggest the biggest strength that you could ever want is this dude right here, Jamar Chase, and. I'm telling you right now, I and I and I talked to John and I got a clip here in a second. He has studs at every level of this team. Jamar Chase is just phenomenal. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. It's you know, he's old. He might retire at any point. But when he's on the field, he is he has 300 yards and multiple touchdown upside literally every game he plays. Um Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. Eh, you could say Ezekiel Elliott's not necessarily a stud anymore, but Dalvin Cook, for sure, is a stud. Stud, stud, stud. Darren Waller, stud, stud, stud. I mean, it's just he has a stud player at every position, and he knows it. Here he is. All my 20 years of government service, I know how to do deals, Bobby, and I just <laughs> took some deals that came my way. So, no, um, Having Tom Brady doubt, uh, acquiring doubt, Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins was a very good option, along with um, trade I did last year for Zeke. And just um, being number one and just rolling dice with Jamar Chase, I think I'll be in the playoff hunt. Probably mid-range, but I don't think I'll be dead last going in the playoffs. Then I picked up, you know, some good backup quarterbacks also, just in case, because injuries do happen. Yeah, so, I, you know, I think he's very, very honest about about his chances this year and what what he thinks is going to happen. Um, but there there are there are negatives. There there are weaknesses. Um, this guy right here is the age going to finally catch up? Is he going to retire? You know, get three weeks into the season and be like, I'm done with this. I don't personally think so. I, I think he's going to be fantastic, but there's a chance that. 
or the age is going to eventually catch up with him. But more so than that, um, is the fact that, you know, Tom Brady, this could be his last year. That's a huge hole to feel on your team, especially in the dynasty. And, you know, he has Kirk Cousins, who's, you know, not, not the youngest kid on the block. Like, he's 33, solid quarterback, you know, not, not world beater. You got Ryan Tannehill, who's also 33. You know, so it, you start to have question marks there of, like, who's, who's your guy, man? Who, who's your young guy? So that's, that's probably his weakness. Tight end depth is kind of weak as well. He's got Darren Waller, so he's solid there. Not much else behind him. Um, we come all the way down here to Cameron Bray, who I actually do like. Tyler Higby. Why did I write down tight end? No, no, no. Why did I write down tight ends at all? Wait, I apologize. I was looking at uh, the reps there. No, tight ends is not a, a weakness. <laughs> Tyler Higby, Tyler Conklin, Irv Smith Jr., Cameron Bray, that he is stacked at, at uh, tight end. Strike that from the record. Um, Elliot was who I was going to say was his other weakness because... We don't know. Is he losing a step? Is he really in shape? Can he play through the whole season? Is he going to have that burst again that uh, he has not had in a while? I don't know. Um, we'll see. Now, in the rookie draft, he sniped me about seven picks too early, but I really liked this guy, Isaiah Spiller. Now, I will say this. The one thing about Spiller is pre-draft, he was not considered one of the top quarter or running backs available, but he went to a really good spot backing up Eckler and in that really good offense. So he is, he is in a really good spot. If Eckler gets hurt, which Eckler kind of plays a lot like Christian McCaffrey, he takes a lot of hits. He gets a lot of catches. You know, he's, he's touching the ball a lot. If Eckler gets hurt, you know, Spiller could be that guy. I wanted Spiller so badly. So you know, that's kind of the thing that happens in drafts. You just never know. You can hope. You can look at mock drafts, you know, days in, day in and day out, and uh, that guy still may not fall there. In the startup draft, I really, really liked this pick. I think... Now, take this with a grain of salt, but I, I think Alan Lazard has wide receiver two potential in this offense. If he can put it together, if he can be a steady receiver for Aaron Rodgers, I think easily he can be a wide receiver too. And if he gets a wide receiver too out of a late round pick in Alan Lazard, while he already has Brandon Ayuk, uh, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, I mean, that's just huge, 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 huge. Um, so I love, love, love that pick. Um, I also liked the Irv Smith, Irv Smith Jr. pick. Um, he was a, he was, an up and coming tight end until he got hurt last year. So I really like that, that pick as well. All right. So let's flip the page here. And we're going to talk about the nuggies. Let's pull them up. The three time asterisk, 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 three time champ. Nugs chilling and grinding. So, where are his strengths? Well, let's flip back over to our little slide to show here, and we'll, I'll tell you. Those wide receivers. All right, so leading the pack here, he's got Devontae Adams moving over to the Oakland Raiders. Now, granted, 
if you talk to Chris, he is very, 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 very high on Derek Carr. And honestly, I, I think Carr could have a really good year. These guys played together in college. There is some chemistry there. Like I, He's got so many weapons there. I think he has a good year. And honestly, I'm hoping he has a good year because I have Hunter Renfro, my one of my newest and bestest crackers. Um, but he is not Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. He's just not. Can Devontae Adams have the same production he had in Green Bay? No, not going to happen. He's not going to be relied on as much as he was in Green Bay. They have Hunter Renfro. They have Darren Waller. Green Bay, if you ever if you watched them last year, literally every pass was going to Devontae Adams. And I honestly, that's again, that's why I really like the Al- Alan Lazard pick, you know, by John, because you know, Rodgers, for all the, the great player that he is, he does kind of focus on one guy. Now he'll elevate other other receivers around him, but he generally loves to have that one guy that he can count on and throw to. And that's been Devontae Adams for a really long time. But Kerry's other receivers are very good too. DK Metcalf, I know he's down because the quarterback situation is is bad right now. But it's a dynasty league, like that that'll get better. That'll correct itself. Um, Chris Godwin, he's going to be out for a while with an injury he suffered last season. So you know Kerry's going to have to scramble a little bit, but he does have a lot of depth. Elijah Moore's kind of in a weird situation, but I, I I still think he's a really good player, and I think they're gonna have they're gonna have a role for him in that offense. And then just Jerry Judy, man, like Terry has sent me some really good trades, honestly. Like, and I don't want to get into who he was sending and all that stuff, but uh, I really really like Jerry Judy. I I think he has wide receiver two floor and i think he has upside of a wide receiver one it just all depends on how that offense works and honestly if jerry judy can stay healthy one thing i did look at with his stats is in in the last two years he's only scored three touchdowns now why well he hasn't been able to stay healthy but that's part of the reason why he kind of scares you can he stay healthy can he play a full season and if he does play a full season can he get in the end zone you know who knows? I think he can. I think he has massive potential. I really wanted him in the in the startup, as Kerry knows. But if you scroll down the list, like there's other receivers as well. Jameson Crowder. I, I know a lot of people aren't high on him. I think he can have a role. Sky Moore, uh, Jahan Dotson. He added a lot of receivers in the in the draft. Like it, he is totally set there, and he's he's young. This this team is young. Jalen Hurts is young. Justin Fields is young. Moore, Judy, DK, you know, all these guys are young. Nick Chubbs, fairly young for a quarterback. Or, sorry, running back. This guy, however, is not. I I love Travis Kelsey. I mean, everybody does. Who doesn't love Travis Kelsey? But, dude, the the guy is like 32, 32, 32 years old. Tight ends are a lot like running backs. When they get up there in age, and I saw it with Greg Olson, and... They just lose a step, man. Like players that've been playing as long as he has, and you know they get up there in those thirties and they don't heal as well, and you know they start to lose that step and they can't get in and out of breaks and they turn into these little. And, and like I said, it was it sucked watching it for, with Greg Olson. He he used to be able to 
run down the seam and just beat linebackers and beat safeties. But then he started, he couldn't. So he, he was still a smart player. He still was able to get open, but it wasn't for these deep seam route tight end or touchdowns. It was more like these five, seven yard dink and dunks. Is Kelsey going to do that? I have no idea, but it's, it's a huge, it's a huge part of your offense, huge part of your team. That is a huge question mark. Can he, can he continue to produce at such, such a ripe old age of 33, 32, sorry. Uh, the other thing I don't like about Kerry's team is the quarterback situation. Now, Jalen Hurts is a, and I'm going to kind of contradict myself. You'll see in a minute, but Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, very good fantasy quarterback. You know, it remains to be seen how well he can actually play real life, but fantasy wise, he's, he's been fan- fantastic. Top, top five upside, top seven upside for sure. Especially with the, the guys they added. Justin Fields, on the other hand, it it almost seems like they are setting him up to fail. And I, I hate seeing it because I, I don't not like Justin Fields, but they didn't really add anybody around him. You know, the team almost seems like they just want to move on. Uh, it, you know, if you talk to certain people, I, I there's people that knew Justin Fields when he was in at Georgia, I think. I might be thinking of somebody else, but I, I'm pretty sure Jeff told me that when he was at Georgia that's why he left is because they he wouldn't he wouldn't learn the playbook and they were playing like Bobos in front of him he also has Baker Mayfield that could cat that could cash honestly um but then you got Zach Wilson who's also a young quarterback sky's the limit but it just remains to be seen it hasn't shown up on the field yet could it absolutely I know I kind of said some stuff during the draft and I'm not very high on Zach Wilson Kerry seems to be. I'm not really high on him, but the potential's there. It's just like you can look at Daniel Jones and you can look at Zach Wilson and you can say the exact same thing. They have big arms. They have mobility. I think Daniel Jones uses his mobility a little more. You know, they both turned him all over a lot, though. And we'll see. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, his So his top picks in the draft, Sky Moore, I think, was a slam dunk. At 110. I mean, that's that's kind of where he was going, but I think with what Kerry's doing and and the guys he was trying to add, again, another horse in the stable for the, the wide receivers. But honestly, there really wasn't running backs there that I thought were worth it. So I think Sky Moore was awesome. Great pick. Um, and then here's where I'm gonna contradict myself. I think his best pick during the startup draft was was Justin Fields, just because the value was so great. I had seen, and it was really hard to kind of look at dynasty startup drafts and and determine where we should take guys because it was obviously all the players were in it so you kind of had to wait till like round six to really see some of these guys but I, dude justin fields was going in the top four top four rounds easily in those startup drafts and he went i mean i want to say what is it like round nine i guess with you know with the fact that we had six six players or 10 or 11 i it was in a it was just a tremendous value i think everybody was passing on him just because he's Exactly the reason that I said earlier, but it's it's like uh, Brett and I were talking about during the rookie draft. These are dart throws, and this is this is this is a dart throw that you have where you're like five feet closer, and you know he has the tools. All he needs is that team to help him out. I think he'll I think he'll be he'll play well, and I think uh, I think he'll he'll you know he'll pay off or carry. 
Now, where do I think Kerry's going to finish? I, I think playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, I, I think he's going to the playoffs. I, I don't think it's... I mean, with with Bortz in that, that, that division, you're really only competing with four other teams. So, yes, I think Kerry is surefire playoff team. Enough said. All right, let's go over to one of my favorite teams in the league, Brett Carpenter and the Bird Gang. Now, Brett was an original member of the league. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you this right now. Brett is a very smart, very educated fantasy football player. He's one of those guys that I feel like if I'm questioning something, I know we we always like to pull things sometimes, but if I'm questioning stuff, I usually will text Brett and be like, hey, man, what do you think about this? Because he knows his stuff. You know, he he does research. He, he looks into stuff. He's in other leagues. So, but for whatever reason, in this in the last 10 years, he just hasn't been able to put it together. Um, I, I don't know why. It's just bad luck in some situations, bad trades in some situations. But I, I think, you know, for whatever reason, it just it's inexplicable. You know, I, I don't know what's what the deal is. However, I think he's well on his way to to uh, you know being the team that his fantasy knowledge kind of represents. So let's roll over, and this is his biggest strength and his number one player and the number one guy, number one on his jersey, Kyler Murray. His quarterbacks, Brett's quarterbacks, and I know for sure on uh, Chris's little thing he sent out earlier, I think I'm pretty sure he was the number one uh, quarterback team. But, I mean, how can you get any better than Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers? And I know I talked earlier about, you know, ages and, and all those things. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers also lost a lot of, uh, you know, wide receiver help in Devontae Adams. But, dude, how how can you... How can you get better than Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and and even Tua and Malik Willis he got in the draft? And that doesn't include Marcus Mariota, who's going to start. Jimmy Garoppolo, who more than likely will start on some team. His quarterback room is just fantastic. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where you're just kind of like, dude, how did you do that? How did you pull all that together? And... It was a lot of Willen and Dylan, honestly. Like during the startup draft, he was able to move around a little bit and grab Tua, who for whatever reason just fell and fell and fell. And I, yeah, I, I I don't have Tua's pitcher on there in the best pitcher thing or best startup draft, but that's that was probably the best pick of his startup was was Tua. Honestly. It was just fantastic moving around, grabbing that. Now, um, and this is something that Brett obviously said. I, I didn't get any clips from him, but I do. He did send me a, a text, and he loved his QBs. He loved his tight ends, and I actually had to go back and look. And I love his tight ends as well. He's got George Kittle, Zach, uh, Zach Ertz, who was fantastic last year. And then he picked up Trey McBride, who's uh, going to learn from Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. And uh, and he's got Logan Thomas as well, who's had who's shown a lot of flashes. So I, I love his tight ends as well. Um, I also like his running back depth. You know, Brett talked about the fact that he doesn't really have any standouts at running back, but he does have a lot of depth. I mean, David Montgomery is is about as steady as it gets. Antonio Gibson, even though he doesn't have a huge role in the passing game, like he's super steady. You know, um, 
Then you got Travis Etienne. I think a lot of people are expecting big things from him this year. Like, if you can go three deep at running back, you're doing really well because a lot of teams can't, including myself. But then he goes to Kareem Hunt, who I think was just an absolute steal in the draft. And then uh, Gus Edwards is coming off an injury, but you never know what's going to happen there. Like he was really good a couple of years ago before, before his injury last year. So yeah, I, I, I really, I really like his depth at running back. Like, like Brett said, he doesn't have studs there, but I don't think he necessarily needs them. Now he did say, and, and something that I kind of uh, said as well is, is some of his weaknesses are going to surround this guy. Like he did trade. Now, the way he describes it is he he made the trades for the first to grab a second next year and to also move up to, to snag Tua. The other pick he used was on Michael Thomas, which is like I saw just a few seconds ago, dart throw. We You were sitting at the, the poker table and you're putting them all in on this guy. And if it, you know, if it hits it, you know, I guess it's more like roulette, but like if that hits, if that number hits, you are rich. If this guy can somehow get back to what he was a couple of years ago, I mean, Brett's deep into the playoffs. Now, that's a big if because he hasn't played in two years and you just really don't know what his mindset is. There was a lot of people who were saying his, his head was really not in a good place. But he also was able to snag Stephon Gibbs Diggs in the, uh, in the draft. He's got Jalen Waddell and, uh, with, to go along with Tua and Cortland Sutton. Sutton is, is due for a big year. And I mean, he said in his, what he sent me was he didn't really love his, his depth. He's got a couple, you know, a couple pieces there. Devonte Parker, Tyler board is always a consistent guy. Um, and then, you know, you got Pickens who a lot of people like up there in Pittsburgh. That'll all, you know, depend on, on what baby hands does. But, uh, and then you got Garrett Wilson, who's going to be the number one receiver in the jets. And if Zach Wilson, if Kerry's right about Zach Wilson, he goes off, he's going to take Wilson with him as well. So, yeah, his his depth at wide receiver isn't great. And if Michael Thomas doesn't pan out, you know, he's going to have to scramble to get that other spot there. But honestly, I, th- I think he'll be okay. In the rookie draft, I think I mentioned earlier, McBride. And, and listen, Brett had some really good picks in the first round. Those were fantastic. I just liked the value of McBride because. I think we all kind of forgot about the tight end premium thing. If McBride ends up getting it, if he's one of those guys, and he reminds me of a George Kittle when he came out of college type of guy, like he has the attributes, he has the, the build, you know, in the production in college, it's just tight ends don't get drafted very, you know, the draft capital for tight ends is not great. Um, but he was, this was a third round pick in real life. Um, or second, maybe I think it was third. Brett, grabs him in the third. He learns from Zach Ertz for a year or two. It takes tight ends a year or two anyway. You know, you know, Brett stashes them away because that's what Dynasty's all about. You can stash these guys away, wait for them to develop. There's no salary cap. You're not trying to like stay under anything. You can just hold on to these guys until they produce. You know, there it's a reasonable possibility that especially with the way tight ends are and how fluid that position is year to year, he could be a top seven top five tight end in two to three years and we're going to go back and say dude he that was the steal of the draft because here he is now he's got a top five tight end 
that's going to start for him every single week. And everybody wishes they had this guy. Now, that all that's, again, dart throw, gambling, whatever. But in the third round, again, that's being told, hey, you can, you can move 10 feet closer and throw your dart. It's just a safer pick. And like I said, tight end premium, it, it definitely elevates these type of moves and these type of decisions. So I love that. I, I really wanted him. I think I told Brent right before he picked him, I said, hey, I just fell in love with a player, but I think you're going to take him. <laughs> so it, I was right. He did. Um, love the pick. Love it. And then uh, I thought Kareem Hunt and honestly, Zach Ertz as well. I thought they were really good picks in the startup, and, and he did too. You know, uh, Brett talked about how he was really glad that he was able to snag uh, Ertz, Ertz when he did. But I, I, I really, really think Kareem Hunt was was fantastic. You know, and and like Brett said, he's he's more doing kind of a running back by committee thing. You know, on his team, which is fine. Like I said, there's not a lot of teams that can go three deep. Uh, Mark can. That's about it. So. The fact that he's got Kareem Hunt there, and and honestly, the best thing about Kareem Hunt is he doesn't need an injury to, to play. He can, they use him even even when Chubb's playing, even when Chubb's healthy, they use him and utilize him. So yeah, he's a flex player while Chubb's playing, and then he's a freaking starter if Chubb ever goes down, which typically Chubb goes down pretty much one or two games a year, if not more. So I, I love this pick. Fantastic. So I, and Brett was honest. He basically said, look, I, I think I improved my team, but I still feel like I'm a couple pieces away from really, really competing. I've got Brett finishing, uh, just missing the playoffs. Honestly, I think he's going to give some guys a run in our division. I, I really do. I think he will be in the hunt. I think he will be close to 500, maybe one game over 500 and that's where a lot of guys kind of get jumbled up there towards the end of the year and then it's like i could totally see you know him can we look at let me let me just see real quick if we can look at i'm pretty sure we can um yeah let's look what is it uh week 14 oh great he plays me week 14. Week 15? Yeah, that's the playoffs. Okay, so yeah, week 14. And I'll do this later. I just wanted to see real quick because if if Brett and, and Chris played each other week 14, it, I think it would be huge because I think that would determine who's getting in the playoffs. And honestly, like if if Danny Dimes is throwing Danny Nichols, then uh, we will, that will 100% be a play-in game right there. So I again, I love Brett's team. Uh, I love what he's done. I love the moves that he's made. He is excited about the dynasty stuff and, and kind of gone full force into it. And, and that's, you know, that's all you can ask from, a you know, as a commissioner, you know, you're just like, just buy into what we're doing, you know, and he is totally bought in. All right. So now we're going to talk about my boss. Hold on. That's not the right one. The Northfield Bombers. All right, so the Bombers made some moves. They did some things. Number one pick in the draft. Everything's on the up and up, right? Right? Yep. So let's, 
let's move over here. This dude right here. There was a lot of talk in the offseason who should keep, whether it would be Stafford or uh, Russell Wilson. And I, I think he made the right choice. I know some people said Russell Wilson. I was the one shouting for Stafford. I just think Stafford has way more upside. Um, he's in a better offense. It, it just, that offense is built for Matt Stafford. Russell Wilson, I don't know, man. Like, it, he wasn't playing well when he got hurt last year. Like, it, I think he can be good in Denver. I, I, he is a fantastic quarterback, but he really seemed like he was losing a step before he got injured, before he hurt his, his uh, thumb or whatever it was. So, yeah, I, I, I totally told him, I said, Stafford is top five quarterback, top three upside. Top seven, four, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's, that's, uh, that was such a solid pick, such a solid decision. Um, and I don't think he's, you know, in any kind of trouble. Now, he does have Russell Wilson as his other quarterback, which gives him one of the better tandems in the league. He picked Russell Wilson number two in the, in the draft. It just kind of fell that way. But, uh, and then he's got Jared Goff. Uh, coming off the bench, which all reports say that he's looking really good in camp. They added a lot of receivers or some help to him. Um, I think the Lions are going to be better, basically fundamentally better. I think they're coached better now. The whole organization is going to be better. So I think Goff is going to rise with the ship and, and kind of do better. But yeah, man, like Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, that's about as good as it gets in this league for two quarterbacks. I definitely think that's one of his strengths. Having Kyle Pitts, who is, I know Mark Andrews is the tight end one right now, but in terms of dynasty players who are like, these are the guys that everybody wants, it's Brees Hall and Kyle Pitts, and he has both of them. And that sets, sets his team apart from a lot of teams. You know, I, I, I watched a lot of mock drafts, and people were saying, Brees Hall, just the workload, the talent level, everything else, he is a top five dynasty running back. And Kyle Pitts is the top two dynasty tight end. Like I said, the only person there was, would be Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is just more established. That's it. So, you know, the Bombers was able to snag both of those guys, so I think that's a huge, huge win. However, uh, his wide receivers, it's a little scary there. Um, we got uh, C.D. Lamb, who, who should be good. No, no question marks there. But then we got Allen Robinson. We got Amon, Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown. But he's, you know, is he going to be able to keep up what he was doing last year? Um, Allen Robinson's switching teams. He's still relatively young. I think he's like 27, 28. Uh, uh, what's his role going to be on that team? A lot of people think OBJ might be coming back if he does. You know what's going to happen there. They still have Van Jefferson. They still have Higby. You know what's his role? How long is it going to take him to acclimate to the Rams? Kind of a question mark there. Uh, and then you got guys that I actually really really like, but they do have question marks. One is Chase Claypool, who I love, um, but they have a rookie quarterback throwing the ball. I know. I think Pat thinks Mitch Trubisky is going to be the guy, but I just I don't know. We'll see, but I don't, I think 
baby hands is going to end up starting at some point during the year. And how much is that going to affect Claypool? We just don't know. Um, Christian Kirk is also moving teams and he is going to be playing with Trevor Lawrence, who you would think, okay, that's a young rookie quarterback. It's a solid receiver. That's, that's a good combo, but you just, you just don't know. The Jacksonville just always been such a, such a mess. And, uh, you know, will will this be any different? So while I like his wide receivers on paper, there's just too many question marks there to feel like, to feel good about it. If you know what I mean? Like, you know, Allen, you just don't know. Kirk, ugh, is he going to be able to, to find a role? Uh, Chase Claypool, fantastic, but rookie wide receiver. There's just, I don't know. It, it could either go really, really, really badly, or it could be really, really awesome. You know, and he's sitting in the playoffs this year laughing at me. Who knows? Easy, easy, easy. Best pick in the draft. Best talent in the draft. Bonafide number one pick. I don't know why he was trying to trade it. I think he was just trying to get a lot for it. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, slam dunk there, Brees Hall. And it, you're putting him in a room with Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon. Like, again, going three deep is a huge deal in this league. And Jeff can go three deep. And if you include A.J. Dillon in that, because if Aaron Jones were to go down, then he's got A.J. Dillon. He, and then they use A.J. Dillon when Aaron Jones kind of like Kareem Hunt, they use him when Aaron Jones is healthy. So I really, really like his running backs, you know, can't, can't, you know, can't complain there at all. And speaking of AJ Dillon, I did not get a picture of him, uh, but I thought AJ Dillon was, uh, was the number one pick in the startup. I, I, I thought that was just a perfect, perfect scenario. Um, yeah, so last year, the Bombers were 7-7. Seven and seven. I'm going to keep them kind of right in that little area and uh, put them as a playoff push. I, I feel like they're going to be pushing um, probably Brett or probably that, that Brett, Chris, and, uh, and Jeff. I feel like that is going to be a slugfest. And like I said, if Danny Dimes doesn't show up, it might be a four-way. Who knows? But it's, I mean, I think our division is just going to pound on each other all year. We don't have, we don't have aborts on our side. We don't have that freebie by week, every week. So it's, it's going to be tough. Speaking of Chris, uh, let's take a look at his team. So obviously Pat Mahomes is going to be the headliner here. Chris finished eight and six last year, had one of his best seasons. Um, he's really starting to put things together, you know, so you got, you got to like it. You got to like what he's doing, even though he is a, uh, fun to do trades with. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes over the fun thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's Chris knows what he, what he's got. He knows the value of the guys that he likes. He knows, you know, where he, where he, where his team fits. and if you're going to try to come in and take a guy, you're going to have to pay to get him because he's got those guys fitted in for a reason. Now his QBs uh, are very good. He's got Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. And I think, and obviously he thinks Derek McCart, Derek Carr is going to have easily top 10, uh, top 10 quarterback abilities. Cause he says in his notes that he sent me that he's got two top 10 quarterbacks. And I agree. I, I think Derek Carr has, 
top 10, top 12 floor. I think he could easily be a top five quarterback if everything goes their way and they just have a fantastic year. But I think, I don't know, I think top five is probably pushing it. I think top seven, seven to 12 sounds sounds about right. But if he has a seven to 12 season, I think Chris is firmly in the playoff hunt, you know, banging it out with everybody else. Uh, also, Debo. He loves Debo. Excited about his wide receivers. Who wouldn't be? He's got Debo, Tyreek Hill, um, Brandon Cooks. You know, I think Brandon Cooks was a solid grab in in the uh, in the draft in the startup draft. Gabriel Davis is one of my favorite favorite players. He knows it, and he just rubs it in my face every chance he gets. Um, so yeah, I, I really like his wide receivers as well. Um, if Odell gets on a team, I was really looking at Odell towards the end of the startup draft. I thought I could sneak him in there, but Chris was just sniping me every freaking round. And uh, but it, Odell's gonna find find the team at some point, and then that's gonna just add another body to that to that wide receiver room. He, you know, Chris has said that he feels like his running backs are boomer bust, and I I know I'm being a dead horse here, but here we are again, three deep at running back: Cam Akers, James Conner, Josh Jacobs. There's not a lot of teams that can do this. And these are all starting caliber running backs. They're not like, you know, hey, he's coming off the bench or I don't really like him in the flex. These are all flex, flex worthy players easily. So yeah, I, I like them a lot. Cam Akers, I think, because I think you put the boomer bust. Yeah, Cam Akers has top 10, top five upside, 100%. James Conner is just going to pound touchdowns left and right like and then josh jacobs to me is the, the shakiest one of the group he just always seems like he starts to get going and then you know some kind of nagging injury will stop it and kind of you know he takes one step forward and two steps back type of thing but who knows this is the year he puts it together josh jacobs is and i think i talked about uh, i think one of the things i wrote down was his with the youth on his team josh jacobs is still only 24 years old it feels like he's been in the league for like a while but he's only 24 um and the rest of his team is super young as well mark andrews i mean he is one of the best the best players at the, at uh, their position in the league acres is is young Mahomes is young you know uh he's got a lot of young young talent in terms of uh the draft well uh this kind of shows you what what dark side was doing in the draft um, he didn't have, I think his first pick was in the second round. You know, he made some trades. He was, or maybe his first pick was in the third round. But anyway, he grabbed Corral. And why is this the number one pick? Is it because he's a Panther? Is it, is it because he's a Panther? No, no, no. It's because Chris doesn't have a, a second quarterback that actually starts. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. A third quarterback that actually starts, which includes Jordan Love, who is a backup, and Matt Corral, who is also a backup. Now, do I think Matt Corral has a chance to start this year? Absolutely. It may not be till week eight or week nine, but I think he 100% will play some meaningful snaps this year, which gives Chris a potential backup. And let's see, Mahomes, his bye week's week eight. Derek Carr's is week six. So who gets to play Chris in week six? You might get a win there. It'll be, it, you know, now that I bring it up, it'll be really interesting to see how impactful it is when you can't start a quarterback. I just, I, I, I think it, on paper, it's going to be like a three to four point swing. So 
That's that's tough to make up in, in really close leagues like we have. Now, I, I like Matt Corral a ton. I think if we the Panthers had a better coach and a better situation, I think he could sit back and learn and then have a real shot next year to play meaningful snaps. The only problem with him, and I see the same thing with Desmond Ritter, is if the Panthers or Falcons are terrible this year, which is a high possibility, and you put the Panthers or Falcons in the top seven picks next year, they are going to target a quarterback again. Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter are not going to keep those teams from targeting a quarterback again. So that's my only that's my only problem with that. I, I love Matt Corral. I think he was a solid pick. Chris needed a quarterback tremendously, and he grabbed one. All right, in the startup, ugh, ugh, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not even going to talk about it. Nope, I won't do it. I will not do it. Let's, uh, let's move on. So where do I think Chris is going to finish? I, I, think, I think he's going to have... I think he's going to have a clunky season and I know he's going to get pissed. I know he's going to be like, are you serious? I think he's going to have a lot of wins. There's going to be weeks where he just freaking dominates people. But I think there's going to be weeks where his team doesn't show up. And it's just going to be one of those years where it's like, Oh God, it was just, I was so close to having it put together. And, uh, and it's just not there. And I see him fighting out for, for that, that third playoff spot in our division. I mean, it was very, very hard. I, I think his team's solid. I think his team's good. I I love his quarterbacks. I love his wide receivers, especially this dude right here. And uh, you know, and he has solid, solid running backs. So I I, I think it could be one of those one of those teams where if everything kind of goes right, he's in the playoffs. You know, glides right into the playoffs. But I just I don't know the way I see it constructed right now with the quarterback situation and uh and you know, some of the depth that he has, I, I, I see it being a clunky, you know, seven and seven and seven year or seven and eight year or whatever, six and eight year, whatever, something where he, he's right there. And then he like the last two weeks of the season, he just dies and then can't make it into the playoffs. I don't know. All right. So the final team we're going to look at, and this is running super long and I'm super sorry, but I don't know. I'm having a good time. Hope you are too. But uh, the final team we're going to look at here is my own flesh and blood point break. Now, as you can see right here, uh, Colin has put some uh, nicknames in here. That's a really cool feature that uh, Sleeper allows. So for Joe, Joe Burrow, he's got Joe Shiesty. Uh For Derrick Henry, he's got the Freight Chain, AK-41. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, So he's, he threw in a couple Action Jackson there. He threw in a couple of nicknames, which I think is a cool little, little thing that uh, Sleeper allows you to do. Um, so let's let's get into his uh, strengths, and uh, like some of the other teams, it is 100% centered around his quarterbacks. He has. I don't think that Chris's little uh, rating thing had him number one, but. Dude, if he's not number one, he's got to be number two, and, and, and it's not even close. Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, as much as I don't even like Lamar Jackson, he is fantasy gold. And I, I think every week you play Colin, 
Say what you want about the rest of his team, and we'll get into his, his limitations here in a second. But say whatever you want about his team. Overcoming these two, two players are going to be so difficult every week that it's going to be so frustrating for anybody that plays him. Because you're going to trot out your Derek Cars and your Danny Dimes and you know all these guys, and he is just going to smash the shit out of your quarterbacks. You know, and it, and it's going to seem unfair and you're going to be like, this is stupid. This is dumb. But, and honestly, he got gifted this from the, the team that he had. It actually used to be mafias a couple years ago and mafia did really well in putting teams together. It's going to suck playing him every year. Um, another thing I like about his team a lot is his depth at wide receiver. Uh, we talked a lot about how some teams have studs and then duds and yada, yada. He has a, extremely deep balanced group of wide receivers dj moore marquise brown mike williams juju smith schuster he picked up chris olave in the draft which he was super excited about because he had he loved chris olave um and even when you scroll down to his bench he's he's got rashard bateman just sitting on the bench i mean that's that's pretty awesome rashad bateman who's going to be the number one receiver for his starting quarterback I mean, who do you take out? Chris Olave? Sure. He's a rookie. Let's throw him on the bench for now. But if Chris Olave starts, you know, playing really well in New Orleans, who do you take out at that point? DJ Moore, Marquise Brown, who I think is going to have a fantastic season in Arizona. Mike Williams? Playing in one of the best offenses in the league with one of the best quarterbacks in the league? No. Juju? Could he start off slow in that offense? Maybe. But he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Can Juju stay healthy? Sure. That's that's an issue, and we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I, I love his I love his wide receivers. It, he is gonna have a problem figuring out which ones to put in and which ones to sit, honestly. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe until Olave figures things out. And I think, and I said this earlier about Mark. Colin needed depth at running back. And instead of doing that, he just picked that best player that was there. And oftentimes, because I was watching him make picks, I'm like, dude, you need a running back here. And he's like, nope, uh, I really like Juju. I really like Rashad Bateman. I mean, they just fell to him, and he snatched him up. So I I love, love, love his uh, his wide receivers. That's exactly, to me, that's exactly the core that you should try to make. Yeah, we all want you know a stud wide receiver. We all want a Jamar Chase or something like that. But, I mean, the way he's built it is awesome. Obviously, he has two stud running backs, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. But there is a problem here, and that is this dude. He got hurt last year. Alvin Kamara got hurt last year. So that that actually might be a problem. So basically my strengths are my quarterbacks, obviously with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Um, And then obviously I have a big depth at receiver, obviously not biggest names but just a good amount of decent overall good players at receiver overall my running backs are pretty strong but obviously the depth isn't that great but i do have backups for those starting running backs which should lead to any potential injuries being taken care of so yeah he uh and i, I mean that's it's awesome that he did that he he went in there and got their handcuffs he got Mark Ingram to kind of cover for uh, Alvin Kamara. 
And then he was able to pick up Hilliard, who backs up Derrick Henry. And, and that's kind of what he's banking on. Will that work? Who knows? Now, he also has Devin Singletary, who I think, I know the, the Bills drafted a running back. I know they have big plans for him, but I, Devin Singletary just keeps battling and fighting off these, these young guys that they keep bringing in. I think they could use Cook in the passing game and just let Singletary run it. So I think he has a, he has a solid running back there that he could bring in in case, you know, one of these handcuffs don't work out. But uh, if he can mitigate the injury thing at running back, whew, dude, this team is pretty stout. And I know he's my son, but I'm telling you, man, I, I think he has done a fantastic job putting this team together. Now, this dude right here, I know I talked about Alave, but in a quarterback super flex league, quarterbacks are gold. And if this kid can get over his tiny little fragile fingers and grip those around a football and actually throw it down the field, wow. You're adding that quarterback to the quarterback room. Imagine how he could flip Pickett next year if he has just a fantastic rookie season. Or even if he just shows flashes of, of excellence with all the talent he has around him and the, the organization that is the Steelers. He could flip Kenny Pickett next year easily for probably a first-round pick or better with, with some, of the, some, some of the situations that guys have with their quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady's going to retire. Some of these guys don't even have quarterback threes. Some of these guys are rolling out Danny Dimes. Like, he could flip this dude easily next year or just keep him and have just a baller stable of running or wide quarterbacks. Love this pick. I, I think in a, in a quarterback super flex, you're going to see quarterbacks go super early starting next year. But this one right here to me was awesome. Uh, and I liked I liked Bateman. I really did. Uh, I also liked Judy Smith-Schuster. I think um, he did really well in the draft. I, I think I, I covered that earlier. And honestly, I, I see Colin as 100% playoff contender. I, I know that probably sounds biased, but dude, I, the proof is in the pudding. I think his team is stacked in a lot of ways. You know, you're, you're just going to see how, how tough it is playing against two really good quarterbacks all year. So now we're going to go into uh, my final predictions and then wrap this thing up because it is running hella, hella long. Right here is my playoff predictions and final standings predictions. All right, so let's start with the American Division. I got uh, Release of Crackers, myself, going number one, finishing number one there. And again, that all hinges on, on Danny Dimes. If he's Danny Nichols or Danny Pennies, you can, you can drop me down two or three spots. Uh, I think Point Break, Colin, is, has a stud team. I don't think there are very many guys. I think Jeff is the only one that can hang with him quarterback-wise. Obviously, Brett, too. I actually think, you know, wow, jeez. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in that division right there. So that's going to be, it's, it's going to be brutal. It is going to be a bloodbath. Literally all five teams, 100% can make the playoffs. And honestly, like, you could easily just put Bird Gang here. 
and uh, bombers here and drop dark side all the way down. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. I had dark side at three. I could see those three spots going any freaking way. It's it's a complete toss up. At the end of the season, I'm sure one of you are going to be like, oh, you had me not even make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, it is going to be a bloodbath in the American division. And honestly, I just, I, I love Colin's team. I just, the question marks is like I said, as long as he can mitigate those, those injuries when they happen, because they will happen at running back, I think he's just going to be fantastic. All right, moving on to the Carolina division. Now, listen, this one's a lot easier to call for sure. Bortz will be number five. Mark it down, write it down, pencil it in, marker it in. He will be number five. Now, that three and four spot, it's a little shaky. I could totally see Purple Rain beating out Goonches. I could totally see Goonches going in there. You know, if if Watson gets suspended for the whole year and Lance struggles, 100% it'll be top one, Nugs, and Purple Rain. 100%. So let's let's do that real quick. Purple Rain and Lake Murray Browns. And then we're going to have the lawn mower maintenance. So yeah, I a lot of that hinges on what, what happens with, with, uh, with Watson. Uh, so moving on to the playoffs again, this is so stupid. I don't even know why I'm doing it. It was just fun. But, uh, so round one, I had point break playing dark side point break, just dominating him without the, without the quarterbacks. Uh, Nugs and uh, the late Maury Browns are going to go, but you could sub in Purple Rain in there. I think I like Nugs' team. I really do, but I I think this is the year he falls off. And, and it's fine. Every championship year, every championship team has made that championship, and a couple years later, they just hit the, hit the deck. I think this is the year he, he kind of comes back down to earth a little bit, and he gets bu- booted out of the first round. I know, God. I know making this prediction, and Kerry does listen. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that's like, at the end of the year, he's going to be like, see, told you, and he's going to point right to this. So, again, take all this with a grain of salt. Just having fun right now. Um, so the uh, Lake Murray Browns move on, and they play Mark. Now, Mark does not listen to the podcast, so please don't tell him that we did this. But I, f- I, see, like, I see Mark beating the Goonchies. I see point break knocking me out. Again, Danny Dimes, those quarterbacks just can't match up. So point break and top one in the championship, and I see top one edging it out. And the only way this happens is Lamar Jackson puts up one of his dud games in the playoffs where he, like, throws for 119 yards and a touchdown and runs for 70 yards and fumbles twice. Yeah, one of those. That's how, that's how Colin loses. And, uh, and Mark... Mark is the champion. How awful is that for, <laughs> for, for a prediction? Mark Brown, top one, finally, finally makes it home and, uh, and, and pulls the championship home. All right, we are at 90 minutes right now, so we are going to shut this thing down. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It was really fun. Um, I know no one will ever listen to this again. I probably won't, but uh, you know, maybe you can break it up in chunks. And uh, again, thanks for listening and good luck this year. It's going to be a long summer off and uh, we'll see you in August.